listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Goodbye, obstacles. That's what we're talking about today. Good. See, Jessica said the same thing. They had to review our comment uh, and our, it's crazy. Yeah. Please, by the way, just a word of wisdom for everybody. Please don't order a pizza on Friday night. Don't go get Papa John's. Don't go get a, a triple cheeseburger. Please don't do it. Use wisdom. Listen to me. I put it in here so that you wouldn't die. You won't die, but There was a dude that did die. He fasted like 60 some days, water only. My uncle Tiff knew this guy. No wisdom whatsoever. Fasted 60 some days on water only and broke his fast on like an Italian meal, like an Italian hoagie. And uh, I mean, like literally, and he died. He did die. Because what, what ends up happening, if you don't know this, if you're fasting, even if you're just doing liquids, it's even more severe if you're doing water only. But even with liquids only, um, your digestive system kind of shuts down. And, uh, you know, the, the stomach acids that are released to break down food aren't released as much when you're, when you're fasting for an extended period of time. And what that guy ended up doing was overloading his system uh, with that heavy food. All of the stomach acids uh, released at once and ate through his stomach lining. I know that's kind of gross, but literally died from it. You got to use wisdom. In the book, um, and I I do want to do it because we're close to the end. If you don't have the book, I don't care. I'm giving you this for free. Um, because I I do want to read this because I do want you to use wisdom. And in the frequently asked questions section of this book, uh, we have two things right at the beginning. How should I begin my fast and how do I properly end my fast? Let me quickly read that to you because I don't want you to injure yourself. When you break your fast, you must use wisdom so that you don't injure yourself. If you've only fasted for a few days, you can return to normal eating without any problem. However, If you've just finished an extended fast, particularly an extended water only fast, here are some steps to take as you begin eating again. First, as a rule of thumb, for every seven days you've fasted, take one day to reacclimate yourself to eating. During this re-entry period, eat foods, please listen to me, eat foods that are easy on your digestive system. Please do that. (laughs) I mean, like, you know, maybe some salad, some soup with maybe a little bit of noodles in it, very small portions. Eat stuff like soft beans, things that are going to be easy on your stomach. Don't introduce food back with a steak. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, during extended fasting, your stomach shrinks and your digestive system has taken a rest. It's important not to overextend yourself, especially when your hunger comes back and you're ravenous, which you will be. Maybe not at that first meal, but after that meal kicks in and after that meal goes through your system, your hunger will come back like a monster if you've never done it before. During the re-entry time, start by drinking fresh fruit juices. After that, begin to eat fruit itself as well as milk and yogurt. 
And this is especially if you're water only. Um, next, introduce salads and vegetables. And finally, as you reintroduce protein, it's best done with cheese, eggs, and nuts, adding fish and meat last of all. Also, extended fasting is like a reset for your body. And uh, there may have been things you wanted to change about your diet uh, and begin living a more healthy lifestyle. So don't go back to the same bad habits after the fast is over. Hear that. You may have broken a sugar or fast food or junk food addiction on this fast. Be wise about how you eat after you've reset your body with fasting. Just because the fast has ended, that doesn't mean your dedication to prayer and God's word have ended. Don't slip back into an undisciplined lifestyle. Continue to pray, study, and stay in a state of sensitivity to God's spirit. And of course, you can do that every day. Prayer, study, sensitive to the spirit of God. But be very careful, please. Please be very careful and do not injure yourself. Uh, goodbye obstacles. I want somebody to echo that for me in the comments section. If you're ready for every obstacle that stood in your path to be swept out of the way by the power of God, get ready because now's the time. 2021 is the time and God's going to bless us abundantly and we're going to see things that used to stand in front of us swept out of the way by the power of God. So I want you to put it in the comments. Goodbye obstacles. I like that. Uh, to even put a peace sign, an emoji peace sign. Goodbye obstacles in Jesus name. Everything that stood in your way, you realize God can blow one breath from his nostril. Everything's gone. Everything's gone. And I'm believing that, that here in 2021, supernaturally, obstacles are being swept out of your way for the, by the power of God. And not only that, I want to show you a couple of other things that the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, I want you to turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 45, Isaiah chapter 45, very very powerful passage and very important. This passage is going to show you what God is capable of doing. We know he's, he can do anything, but sometimes it's good for us to define how he moves and what he can do so we can properly set our faith. So I want you to turn there, Isaiah 45. That's it. Goodbye obstacles. Goodbye obstacles in Jesus name. Now, King Cyrus was a king that God used supernaturally, was not one of God's people per se, but God used him. You know, that's why, uh, you know, people said that about Trump. There were times throughout the last four years, I heard preachers kind of give that analogy and say that about Trump is that, uh, and whether people doubt his salvation or whatever, you know, you may say, well, he, he claims to be, but he doesn't live a lifestyle uh, of a Christian. Uh, but they would say Trump was like a King Cyrus, you know, not one of God's people, but doing things on behalf of God's people or winning victories for God's people. I've heard other preachers say that. Uh, and that's what they were talking about. They were referencing the fact that whether or not you believe he's a Christian he was doing things that uh, would follow a Christian worldview or Christian agenda. 
And so the same is true here with King Cyrus. And the Bible says that the Lord anointed him. And in fact, I will start reading. Um, I will start reading from uh, the first verse. Look at Nancy. She said, I'm under Daddy Geo's ministry. We're fasting for 63 days. God help us. Um, and she's referring to when she says Daddy G.O., she's talking about Daddy, the general overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. She's talking about Pastor Enoch Adeboye. Um, and they're fasting. Nancy is fasting, apparently, with the Redeemed Christian Church of God uh, for 63 days. And I'm assuming that's a six to six fast, uh, six in the morning to six at night. And we pray for you while you're doing that. Troy, it's Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45 uh, and we are starting with the first verse, and I want you to see this now. Uh, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, to subdue nations before him, and to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him, that gates may not be closed. So I want, can I show you something uh, right off the bat? God has the ability to use people who aren't even in the kingdom for his own purposes. I mean, do you see that? God has, look what the Bible says. It says he anointed Cyrus and grasped his hand to subdue nations, to subdue nations. And so, um, you know, Cyrus was not a Jew. Cyrus was not one of God's people, but God still grasped his right hand, anointed him, and began to use him for his own purpose. God can do that. God knows how to do that. You know, what's interesting is that uh, God wanted to show his glory in Egypt. That was God's desire. God wanted to show his power, show his glory as he delivered his people from bondage in the book of Exodus. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. This freaks Pentecostals right out, freaks them out. But you go look at it for yourself, that when God wanted to show his power and show his glory in Egypt, the Bible teaches, and it's echoed again in Romans chapter nine, that God um, first hardened Pharaoh's heart God hardened Pharaoh's heart purposely so that when he sent Moses and Aaron to demand, let God's people go, Pharaoh would not do it. And God did that on purpose so that he could then pour out a plague on Egypt. You see that? God was using Pharaoh for his purpose. Bible says he was. He purpose, you know, God could have just said, you know what? I just want my people out of there. They've been in bondage long enough. I'm going to soften Pharaoh's heart and, and make him say, yes, leave immediately. Take all of your people and go. God didn't do that because it wasn't just about rescuing his people. It was also about destroying his enemies. Do you see that? It wasn't just about saving his people. It was about destroying his enemies and that's judgment and God's welcome to do that. He has all the right to do that if he wants to. And let me tell you something, it, that doesn't make him a bad God. That makes him a good God. 
And let me ask you a question and you write the answer in the comments. Is it a good thing or a bad thing when God judges sin? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I want you to write it in the comments and tell me what you think. When God chooses to judge sin, is that good or is that bad? I'm waiting for the first person to, to write an answer. Bethany Hooker says good. AJ Bible says good. Looking for my Facebook people. Christina says good. Where's my Facebook people at? Waiting for somebody. Crystal says good. Ed says good. Adrian says good. Rose on Facebook says good. Facebook's a little behind apparently. Michael says, and you're all right. Every one of you is right. When God judges sin, it's a good thing. He's a holy and a just God. He's a holy and a just God. It's a good thing when God judges sin. Brian said it's a great thing. It is good. It is good. Everything God does is good. That's right, Bethany. That's right. And when God judges sin, good. When God destroys the wicked, it's good. It's not bad. It's good. So how could we call God a good God and he sent a death angel? Uh, by the way, the death angel didn't come from, uh, from hell. The death angel came from heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. The death angel didn't come from hell. The death angel came from heaven. Do you see that? Listen, the death angel didn't ascend into the earth from the lower parts of the earth. The death angel descended to the earth from heaven. You know why? The devil didn't send the death angel. God did. God sent it. Hallelujah. And so what did God do? God hardened Pharaoh's heart on purpose. I can be a Pentecostal and still believe this because the Bible teaches it. I know people have a hard time with it. God didn't just like, you know, I, it blows my mind to listen to Pentecostals who are so weak on doctrine Try to explain away when God does things like this. Well, he's always good. He only does good things. He wouldn't destroy land. He wouldn't destroy crops. He wouldn't destroy property. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't kill animals. He wouldn't kill people, even babies. He wouldn't kill babies and women and children. And Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. A.A. A. Allen wrote, uh, preached a message in London entitled, God is a Killer. You go back and watch that on, on YouTube. God is a killer. Because God has the ability to uh, judge sin how he, say, how he sees fit. He has the ability to judge sin how he sees fit. I mean, he can, he, ultimately, he's going to cast everyone's spirit that's wicked into a lake of eternal fire. To suffer forever and be in total separation from his presence. Well, how could a God do that? See, it's a wrong thinking about God that brings these heretical doctrines of like uh, total reconciliation, universalism. Well, God's love is so great. His love and mercy are so great that everybody's going back to heaven at the end. There's people that believe that. that there's people that preach that and believe it. There is no hell. Everybody's going back to heaven. Even the devil will be restored to his original purpose. He'll be back in heaven with God. That's a false, heretical doctrine. Yes, God's love is great, but his love is not 
foolish. And, by the way, side note, it's not reckless. His love's not reckless. What a stupid song. I mean stupid. It's not reckless, you genius. He's omniscient. It can't be reckless. Some, somebody put, Tiffany, put the, put the definition of reckless in the comments. Can you just go to like dictionary.com and put reckless? Ugh, people are so shallow with their understanding of the Bible. His love is reckless, amen. He loved me. He's not. Is that what it means? Oh, you, oh, you see it. Is that what it is? <laughs> put, put it up. Con, consequent, yeah. <laughs> That's it? People crack me up. Here's the definition of reckless for those of you watching. And I'll read it for those of you listening. The definition of reckless. Without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. Really. Without thinking or caring about the consequences of an action. So what are you, what are you telling me? That God loved you and sent Jesus as his action of love for you, but didn't care about the consequences of that action. You're telling me that God doesn't believe in seed time and harvest, even though he's the one that established it? Because that's what that means. If you sing that his love is reckless and you preach that his love is reckless, it means that you've got zero understanding of the law of seed time and harvest because seed carries a purpose. The reason Jesus was sent to the world was as the incorruptible seed so that a harvest could come back. He was the first fruits of the dead, the Bible says. First fruits means there'll be other fruits. <laughs> He's not going to be the only one that comes from the dead. Then look what Ephesians says, raised all of us up from death unto life. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he raised us up together, made us alive, made us alive. You know what I think? Bethany says, I always sing awesome, but you know, what works a little bit better with the, the, um, syllables and everything is I like to sing precious. I change it to precious. If, if there's some church I'll sing, Oh, the overwhelming never ending precious love of God. I mean, that's fine. It is precious. It's not reckless. God's not an idiot. It's like, I did it. Don't care what happens. I'm just going to love them. I don't care about the consequences. I don't care about, I'm not thinking about, please. Like God's a fool up in heaven, just randomly loving people. He's loving people with purpose. His love was shown by an action. And the action was he sent Jesus. He sent him in the world, not to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. That's caring about the consequence. <sighs> people are unbelievable. But notice, and see, Pentecostals don't get this, that God, uh, without violating his word, can do what he wants. Without violating his word, he can do what he wants. If he wants to judge sin, he can judge it. He's a holy God. He's a holy God. 
And so what did he do? Hardened Pharaoh's heart for the purpose of showing his glory in the earth. He said, no, I don't want you to let him go yet. I actually want to keep your heart hard so I can keep hitting you with plague after plague after plague. I'm not going to just destroy, uh, you know, one thing about Egypt. See, because if you go back and look, Egypt was, it was the, the central uh, capital of trade and prosperity in the world at the time. They had the Nile River. I mean, development, everything, technology. Egypt was the nation. It was done. And God said, you've used my people as slaves to build up your own wicked wealth. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm not just going to deliver my people. I'm going to destroy everything you've built up. I'm going to send plagues in. I'll send locusts in and I'll send locusts in to eat all of your crops and leave your land barren. I'll turn your precious Nile river into blood. So you can't drink the water. I'll send frogs, I'll send plagues. And God just dealt them blow after blow after blow. And instead of allowing Moses and Aaron's words to persuade Pharaoh's heart, God said, go talk to him again. And then I'll harden his heart so I can strike another blow to Egypt. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. When God brings vengeance upon his enemies, it's a good thing. And he finished by making sure, now see, understand the firstborn's an important thing. The firstborn in the Bible, they got a double portion of the inheritance. It was the passing on of your lineage. And God said, I'm going to come in and take you all out. Judged them with death, which he can do, which he can do. He's not limited. He can't, well, God doesn't do that. You know, I love how Pentecostals are, well, God lifted his hand of protection and the devil came in and killed him. You really think that's what happened? You really think that's what happened is that somehow God had his hand of protection on the wicked. God doesn't put his hand of protection on the wicked. People crazy. Well, you know, because they don't want to get off of their weird doctrine that God never does something that can be perceived by humans as bad. I'm telling you, it's good. It's not bad. You can listen. You can still call God a good God and say he's good all the time and all the time he is good. You can say all that about him and still know he killed every one of those firstborn in Egypt. Killed them. Did it himself. He didn't have to lift his hand of protection so that Satan who steals, kills, and destroys can come in. God killed him. And he can bring judgment upon his enemies when and where he wants to. He's got the power. He's got the power. da 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 uh, Isaiah 45 is where we're at. And so I want you to see this. God can use for his purpose who he wants to use. Amen. And he did it for Cyrus and he's done it for others. But look at what the Bible says. He said, God's speaking here. I will go before you. Thank you, Jesus. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. And then look at this. I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in the secret places. God knows where they're all hidden. He knows where all the wealth is. He knows where it's all hidden. He knows where it's stored up. When he spoke to Pastor Bob Rogers, 
who wrote the foreword to my new book on fasting, who's probably written more on fasting than anybody in the last 100 years. Uh, when he spoke to Bob Rogers, he said, I want you to buy these parcels of land. And Pastor Bob obeyed. And then they found natural gas and water, springs of water on his properties that he had bought. And now he's got all the royalty rights uh, coming to him. Uh, they're paying him for the gas. They're paying him for the water. God knows where the treasures are hidden. He knows where the secret things are stored up. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God can take you right to the secret thing. I'll tell you a story if you haven't heard it before. Brother Shambach was in a crusade and he was raising an offering for um, his ministry and reaching the world with the gospel. And uh, he, he was talking about how the Lord will speak to you to sow something that you've been uh, reserving for yourself or saving things up. And there was a man in the uh, crowd in the tent that night who was, uh, he had a business and he was saving up to buy a new truck uh, for his business. And so Brother Shambach told the story that he, he said that on that night, taking the offering and the Lord dealt with that man and said, all that money that you've been saving up for a new truck, I want you to take that money and sow it into uh, the kingdom for the winning of souls. And so that man being obedient, he took all that money that he'd saved up for a new truck and sowed it in the offering. Well, uh, it wasn't long after that, and he gave the testimony in Brother Shambach's meeting. <clears throat> it wasn't long after that, that the man was driving down the road. And as, as the man was driving down the road, he, uh, he saw an old beat up truck on the side of the road with a for sale sign in the window. And the Lord said, there's your truck. He said, what? He felt that in his spirit. There's your truck. He said, what? That truck is nasty. He didn't want that truck. And the Lord said, pull over and call the number and buy that truck. And he reluctantly, see this is how important it is to be led by the spirit. He reluctantly pulled his car over to the side of the road, called the number on the paper, on in the sign in the window, said, how much you want for this truck? And they told him how much they wanted. It wasn't much. It was an old beat up truck. And he bought it. Man bought it. Now he's taking his old beat up truck that he just bought. He's driving it. And I think he was getting ready to take it uh, for a kind of like a checkup with a mechanic, see what was going on with the truck or if there's anything wrong with it. And the Lord said, pull over to the side of the road and pop the hood on this old truck. So he obeyed, pulled that truck over, opened the hood. And the Lord said, now put your hand down inside the engine block. And he did. And he felt something that was there that shouldn't have been there. Now that shows you how the Lord can deal with people where they're at and doesn't deal with everybody the same. I could put my hand down in an engine block. I wouldn't know if stuff was supposed to be there, not supposed to be there. I was like, yeah, it feels like an engine. Uh, but he put his hand down in there and felt something that was attached to the engine block that shouldn't have been there. And the Lord said, break it off and pull it out. The man breaks it off and it was like a big hardened piece of grease, big hardened piece of grease. And he took a piece, uh, took a tool out or whatever he had, broke that thing open. And he testified when he broke it open inside that grease was a roll, a rubber banded roll of $100 bills. And he took the thing off and started to count 
the $100 bills, it was exactly the amount of money that he needed to buy the brand new work truck. And God knew. I don't know if the person who previously owned that truck had been hiding money from their wife or storing or what they were doing, putting $100 bills inside the engine block of their truck, but the Lord knew it was there. And the Lord led him to buy that truck and then showed him where the secret treasures were. God knows how to do that. He knows all things. And look what he said to Cyrus. He said in verse three, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, your God, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God knows how to open up the way. Level the exalted places. One translation says, level the mountains. Cut through the bars of iron. Thank you, Jesus. God's getting ready to do it for, do it for us. I want you to throw your hands up wherever you're watching and declare it out loud, or you can put it in the comments. God's about to level the mountains for me. There's one thing I want to show you. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read that to you in another translation. Listen to this. What I just read you was the ESV. Now listen to that same verse of scripture. And I'm going to read it to you in the Amplified. I will go before you and level the mountains. Listen to this phrase. To make the crooked places straight. (laughs) He's making the crooked places straight. Get ready for this in 2021. God is getting ready to make the crooked places straight. You say, what's the significance of God making crooked places straight? Why, Why would we even confess that? Why do we need that? I want you to think about this uh, logically because any time that we have um, what we would call, you could call it crooked places, but let's just say something that's more normal, turns. Let's just say turns. Any time you have turns, you know what turns do. They literally stop your momentum. They stop your momentum. The only way that, for example, with NASCAR, if you watch NASCAR, the only reason they can stay at the speeds they're staying at going around full turns is because they've built the track on a a severe uh, angle. So that as they're going, if that was a flat track and you were doing 130, 200 miles an hour, your car wouldn't be able to make the turn, you'd just roll or you just go off the track. Your your car wouldn't be able to do it at that momentum or that speed. So what do they do? They build the track at an angle so that as you're making those heavy turns, your car will stay on the track. But notice this, would you ever attempt making a 90 degree turn at 100 miles an hour? 
Would you ever attempt that in a car? Making a 90 degree turn at 100 miles an hour. No, you wouldn't attempt that. You'd roll your vehicle. You'd roll your vehicle. So what do we have to do? You'll know this. Any time that you want to make or have to make a turn, you have to slow down. You have to slow down. And God doesn't want you slowing down. God wants you to run in 2021. God wants you to have full momentum in 2021. He don't want you slowing down. He's speeding you up. He's expediting your, your purpose and his plan in your life. He didn't want you slowing. And see, here's what happens. Every time that the devil wants to uh, put something in your path. See, this has always bothered me. It's always bothered me that we have this thought process uh, in the body of Christ that when the devil puts an obstacle in your way, that you somehow have to go around the obstacle. Or we preach sometimes that, you know, well, God will give you a word and let you know that there's an obstacle in your path and he'll, ch he'll change your direction at the last minute and you'll miss what the devil had. And that always bothered me, always bothered me. And I would think to myself, why do I have to change course because the devil's doing something? I mean, I want you to stop and think about that. Why do I have to change course? because the devil's doing something. I don't have to move for him. He needs to move for me. Amen. I want you to put it in the comments. I don't move for the devil. The devil moves for me. Thank you, Jesus. I don't move for the devil. The devil moves for me. He's got to get out of my way. He's got to get out of your way in Jesus name. We don't move for him. He moves for us. And that always bothered my faith because it's like, well, now, you know, the devil did something that messed with God's plan. So now God has to do something else to help us avoid what the devil has done. Ridiculous. God doesn't have to change his plans. He doesn't have to change his course because the devil does something. I don't move. I like that. Throw the names out there, Ben. I don't move for the stupid devil. He moves for me. He moves for me. I remember uh, hearing the story that Dr. Lester Sumrall told. And he was um, staying in a hotel room somewhere. You've heard me share this. And as he was, a demonic presence came into his room. The curtains stood out on end with no wind blowing through the window that looked like they were blowing by the wind with no wind. His bed began to shake. His bed shook so violently, it shook about two to three feet off the wall. And he could tell, obviously, it was a demonic presence. He said, in the name of Jesus, devil, get out of here. And when he commanded the devil to get out, Bible, uh, he said that the, uh, the, the curtains flapped back down against the wall. And then his bed stopped shaking, just laid on the floor. And then he got mad. He looked around and saw that his bed was two to three feet off the wall. Devil's not gonna make extra work for you in Jesus' name. He said, devil, get back in here. He said, when he said that, the curtains started blowing again. The bed started shaking again. He said, put this bed back against the wall. 
He said that bed shook back towards the wall. He said, now get out of here. And the devil left and the curtains flapped down and the bed stopped shaking. (laughs) Hallelujah. I don't move for the devil. He moves for me. He moves for you. He's not a threat to you. You've got dominion, authority, power. Amen. I I wanted to, uh, if you've never heard the story, Smith Wigglesworth had, was was in his house and heard a noise and went to check it out to see what it was. When he went down, he said there in his living room, the devil was sitting, Satan himself sitting in his living room there to harass him. He said, when he came down the stairs and saw that it was Satan, he said, oh, it's only you turned around, went back upstairs and went back to bed. (laughs) Oh, it's only you. I'm not moving for the devil. You don't have to move for the devil. He is moving for you in Jesus name. He is moving for you by the power of God. Amen. So what does God do? God makes the crooked places straight. If the devil wants to make my path crooked, too bad. God's going out ahead of us in 2021 and he's making the crooked places straight. You know what that means? Now I don't got to turn. I don't have to avoid obstacles. I don't have to sit there and wonder if I'm going to make it. I can just stay on a straight path and build speed, build speed, build speed. That's what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Full momentum. Hallelujah. Full momentum in the Holy Ghost. And so look what he said. He said, I'll do that. And then I'll give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places. You ought to start thanking God ahead of time that God's going to bless you with and put things into your hand that nobody knew were there. Didn't even know they were there. You know, when I wrote this book on fasting, I put that story in there about that guy Uh, who the Lord told him to start building foam trees and rocks. And he did it. One idea from the Lord made him a multi, multi multi-millionaire. One idea from the Lord. He was praying. Lord spoke to him. Go into your garage and start building trees. He took a foam cutter, took foam, started building, cutting, painting. Got a patent. Started selling them to hunting ranches. Started selling them to hunters. Now he's a multi-millionaire. And he's a Christian. And it was one idea, just one simple idea. You know why? God knows where the secret and hidden riches are. He knows. He can show you what land to buy. He can show you what to invest in. I think of Ashley Melton, who may be watching right now. I think of how God anointed her mind and how God began to show her which stocks to buy, which investments to make. She didn't have any previous training Uh, on the stock market, any of that. But the Lord began to show her, began to show her the letters. I mean, supernatural. And she just began to increase, 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 increase. You know why? God knows where the hidden riches are. There she is. She said, of course I'm watching. (laughs) I think about that. And she just began to increase, increase, increase. And that's supernatural. You know why? God knows where the hidden riches are in the secret places. He knows where they are and he'll tell you, you believe God that in 2021, you'll explode in increase like never before. 
He said, why am I going to do these things? That you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. He gets the glory when these things happen. That's why he wants to do things that even look supernatural. That's why God doesn't bless you small. I tell people that all the time and they're like, what do you mean by that, brother? Because even a small blessing is a blessing. Yeah, but does God get the glory for it? Or can people look at it and explain it away or sweep it under a rug? Because you can't do that with Tim who made the trees and the the patent office laughed at him. They laughed at him. I put all, I put the whole story in the book from his own account. He called the patent office, said, I want a patent on trees and rocks. And they laughed at him. And they said, you'll never get that trees and rocks. You're not going to get a patent on trees and rocks. And the Lord told him to do it. And it was weeks later, they had to call him back and apologize for laughing at him and say, we actually are going to give you a patent on trees and rocks. (laughs) Amen. God gets glory for that kind of stuff. You can't explain what God did in Ashley and Ted's life away. You can't explain that away. Well, you know, maybe it was something that she got a tip when she was in college studying finance. No, that's not what she does. And how do you know? How do you just begin to see the letters? It's supernatural. When God blesses you, he blesses you big so that he gets the glory. So that you will know it's I, the Lord, the God of Israel that calls you by your name. You see what I'm saying? That's how God's going to bless you in 21. Goodbye, obstacles. Goodbye, obstacles. In 2021, you're leaving and getting out of my way quickly because God's blowing his breath and going out in front of me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Joshua 3. And I'm going to finish here today before we pray. Joshua 3, the Bible says, God spoke to them to go across the Jordan River. Look, it actually said, visions and dreams is how God spoke, and he still speaks, and only he gets the glory. It was only the Holy Ghost, she said. Visions and dreams. Visions and dreams. That's promised, by the way, in the Bible. Go read Joel chapter 2. Uh, Joshua chapter three, the Lord spoke to them to cross the Jordan river. The only problem was it was the harvest season. And because it was the harvest season, the Jordan, as it did every harvest season was overflowing its banks, overflowing. It was a mighty rushing river too deep to cross with their animals and horses and little ones. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So God gave them an instruction. He said, today, I'm going to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, I'm, I'm with you. Spoke to Joshua. And look at this. He said this, when you come, verse eight, and as for you, command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant. This is big. Who bear the ark of the covenant. That's the anointing if you don't know. That's the only anointing they could carry with them. It had to either be carried or it came upon them. But it couldn't dwell in them. Their bodies weren't ready for it. Command the priests who are bearing the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of the Lord. He told them all what to do. Look at this. The Bible says in verse 13, Joshua 3, 13, 
And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, the Jordan will be cut off. Well, let's see it happen. Let's go further. The Bible says in verse 15, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water. They didn't have to even wade to the middle of the riverbed. As soon as their feet touched the beginning of the water, look at this. The Jordan overflows its bank in the time of harvest, but the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the Sea of Araba, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground, hallelujah, in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. You see that? God said, oh, you don't think there's a way? You think you're going to have to go way around? You're going to have to find some bridge, some crossover point, get a boat? No. Let me show you how no obstacle standing in your way is going to keep you from where I've told you to go. In 2021, it's going to be your story. And the Bible says, with the anointing, that's the key, with the anointing, they stood on the banks. And when they stood on the banks, the water had to fold up over itself and back up. Hallelujah. Somebody put it in the comments. Back up. Exclamation point. Back up. Back up. Every devil has to back up and get out. Every obstacle has to back up and get out. Every demon, every sickness, all depression, lack, back up and get out. Don't be getting in my face in 2021. Back up back up. You're not touching my family. You're not touching my children. You're not touching my business. You're not touching my ministry. You're not touching my body. You're not touching my mind. Back up and get out. And the Bible says they walked out. The water folded on itself. And the priests who carried the anointing in the new covenant were all kings and priests unto God. Ha 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are all kings and priests that carry the anointing. We don't need the Ark of the Covenant. We are the Ark of the Covenant in Jesus' name. That same anointing that was in the Ark is in you. I love you, Cynthia. The same anointing that was in the Ark is in you. The same way that those obstacles had to back up for them. Things are getting ready to back up for you in Jesus' wonderful name. They're backing up for you by the power of the Holy Ghost and getting out of your way in Jesus' name. I feel the anointing right now to pray. I'm just giving you a word today. Goodbye obstacles in 2021. Goodbye obstacles. See you later. Bye, Felicia, in 2021. And I want you to receive this prayer by faith. Because things are getting ready to change for the better and the body. I don't care. Listen to me. I don't care what it looks like in the world. I care what God's doing for his people. And the church is not going to look like the world. The people of God are not going to look like the world in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
So I want you to receive this. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you. We thank you that from this day, you're blowing your breath from heaven. Blow every wicked thing out of our path from this day forward. Let 2021 be a year of crooked places made straight. We will run with a mighty momentum in Jesus' name. Nothing shall by any means harm us. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, that we'll have nonstop victory. Nonstop victory through the whole of the year. We will get to December 31st and look back and be amazed at what God did in 12 months. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. We expect enemies to be left in the dust. We thank you, Lord, that every, we're going to outrun every wicked thing running in momentum and anything that tries to stand in our way falls down flat and moves out. Goodbye, obstacles in Jesus' mighty name. Touch your people. Lord, whatever it was that has been hanging on them, maybe it's years, maybe it's months, maybe it's only been days. Let it loose its grip today, Lord, and drop off to the wayside. Every weight laid aside. Maybe there's people that are watching right now. They've spent years in sickness, years in disease, and have not been able to get freedom from it. I command that thing to loose its grip on your life in Jesus' name. I loose the wonderful and mighty anointing of the Holy Spirit to your body, to your mind, to your family. Be made whole today. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor for what you're doing. In the wonderful name of Jesus. And if you receive that and believe it, obstacles are moving. Throw some hands up. Throw some fire up in the comment section. And let me know that you're standing with me and believing God. That's it. Non-stop victories. I love it. Non-stop victory. Non-stop victory. People are writing it. Receive it by the power of God non-stop victory. You receive it today. I'm telling you, it's going to be the best year we've ever had as the church. Best ever. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's happening in the natural realm. That doesn't affect the church. I said it doesn't affect the church. Bible says Jesus declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus name. God's speaking to people right now to sow seeds. I can feel it in my spirit. Speaking to people to sow seeds, there's the information on the screen. You can go to MiracleWord.com if you'd like to. You can use any of the digital avenues. But I can sense it right now that as you're getting ready to step over obstacles that are moved out of your way, God has, listen to what I taught today, the hidden treasures in the secret places. Hidden treasures in the secret places. It's going to be yours in 2021. Put yourself in position with a seed. Put yourself in position with a seed. Do what the Lord's telling you to do and you'll be blessed. That's how you walk into divine blessing. It's like the man I told the story with the truck. Notice he had to sow that seed before his harvest came. That's how it works. Harvests follow seeds. Hallelujah. Today's Wednesday. Tomorrow, our second program ever airs on television. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited. Thank you, Chad, for sowing a seed. Thank you, everybody that's, that's sowing. Hey, Amy. And 
it's to me very, very exciting because this is the completion. It's the beginning of a, a word that God gave us that he'd opened the doors and he has, and he has yesterday. Uh, I got a call from the Caribbean, getting ready to put the program on on every island in the Caribbean. It's going on in all of Africa, the UK. It's on all digital platforms. Pakistan is going uh, live with our program. Philippines. Worldwide, it's, it's blowing my mind. God's giving us a reach like we've never had. As you sow, you're a part of that. You stand with us as the Victory Tribe. God blesses you for being a blessing. Let me encourage you with this. I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry. And I know that not everybody's at the same place. Some of you could sow $500 a month every month. Some could do what we've been asking God to attach to this ministry. A thousand people that would sow $85 a month or more. We're believing for increase to touch this generation with the power of God. Would you stand with us and believe God for that kind of an increase? If you'd like to partner with us, go to miracleword.com and you can go to sow your seed, but then after you do, we want to send you this gift for everybody that is partnering. God's Will is Prosperity, wonderful and powerful book by Miss Gloria Copeland. We're going to send that to you as our way of saying thank you for those of you that have partnered with us uh, in this month of January. And if you go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, uh, you can let us know where to send it as well as how you gave, the method you used to sow your seed. And uh, it's amazing what God will do in your life. We've got so many financial testimonies that have come back. Hey, Jonna, good to see you on today. So many testimonies. God's so good, man. It's amazing to see God move financially in his people. I was just talking to Pastor Brian Wright again, who's on our board. He said, God just canceled another $16,000 of debt in their church for people in their church. Another 16,000. He had one year, God canceled $980,000 of debt in one year in their church. <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. I appreciate that. And um, it just is amazing how God moves. He'll do it for you. He'll bless you. God will bless you. And so, thank you to everybody that's being spoken to by the Lord, who's obeying the Lord to sow into this ministry. As soon as we end this broadcast, I'm getting ready to shoot more studio um, segments for our television broadcast uh, that's going to go out, touch the world. And then this coming week, starting on Sunday, we're going to be in person in Roswell, Georgia. And uh, my father and I together, my mother's going to be there, Carolyn's going to be there, the kids, everybody's going to be together. We're doing two straight weeks of revival, two straight weeks of revival, January the 24th through February the 5th. That's a Sunday through the next Friday. There's not a better time to jump in your car, jump on a plane and come be a part of revival. You know, revival's not everywhere. It's in the places where God is moving because they want him to move. Not everybody wants God to move like that, but I thank God for World Harvest Church, Pastors Merrick and Linda Houghton in World, at World Harvest in Roswell. They are people that are on fire, leading a phenomenal body of believers. And I'd love to see you there. After that, we'll be in Albemarle, North Carolina. All of our dates are on the website at miracleword.com. You can click the schedule page. All of our confirmed dates are there. We would love to see you anywhere, anywhere uh, that you can make this year. Be a part of Revival. Don't just watch online.
come and sit in the anointing and watch what God will do. I love you. Listen, Carolyn is live in Marco Island on Faith Broadcasting Network. Uh, go and watch it, myfaith.tv uh, on Facebook, YouTube. You can catch it. They're going for another hour and a half. It was powerful yesterday, powerful the day before. It's good, powerful today as well. I'm gonna go watch myself after I shoot these, these uh, studio ins and outs. We love you. Have a wonderful day. I'll be back tonight at 9 p.m. Don't forget to send your prayer request and what you're believing for to miracleword.com forward slash prayer. Have a blessed day. Love you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.